Well, good morning and welcome to Church Online. I hope that this message finds you and your loved ones well. Um, I hope that you caught up with my midweek message uh, during the week. Just a short five-minute message which I'll aim to do every week just to encourage us. And uh, during the week we looked at John 16 verse 33 where Jesus says to his disciples and indeed to us, Do not be afraid for I have overcome the world. He said, do not be troubled. And indeed, we find ourselves in a time where we, many of us feel troubled. And yet, let us remember that Jesus is on the throne. And we do want to make sure we can support you pastorally and, and pray with you. And uh, during this morning, if you scroll down on the page, you'll see the prayer ministry section. We do have our prayer ministry team online and available this morning to take your prayer request so please do send that in to us but over and above any specific prayer requests that you have that may come from from the back of this on the on the end of this talk if you do need some pastoral support if you find yourself alone isolated and you need to talk through things with somebody please do scroll down further and you'll see our pastoral section do complete that form and we want to support you in this time well, this morning, what am I going to be talking on? Well, as you guys know, we've been in our encounter series entitled Going Deep, where we've been looking at spiritual disciplines or spiritual practices, those things that we can practice every day uh, that position us for God, that enable us to be in his presence and for him to work in us and through us. Essentially, spiritual disciplines are ways in which we respond to the invitation of Jesus to follow him and to do life the way he did life. And we looked at the first week at silence and solitude and how we do that. We, then we looked at the Sabbath, what it means to have a day set aside for God. And then last week we looked at prayer and we unpacked the Lord's Prayer together and how we can apply this in the season that we're in. And if you missed any of those talks, uh, if you scroll a little bit underneath this video player, you will see a button that says View Talks and you can watch and listen to all of those. But, you know, as I was thinking about this week, I just felt led of the Lord to deviate slightly from our current series. And I want to address more directly um, the, the uh, coronavirus crisis that we find ourselves in. You see, where those midweek messages are, are designed to encourage us, I want this talk to equip us on how we can walk through this storm. And let me just reiterate what I said during the week. We will get through it. Psalm 23 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. In other words, we don't stay in that place. We will walk through it. We will get to the other side. And I know that it can feel sometimes when you're in the midst of that dark valley that you look around and you see the darkness. And you think, will we ever get to the other side? But I want to encourage you that we will do. And I want to share this scripture uh, Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. This is taken from 2 Corinthians 1.7. Paul says this, And our hope is firm, because we know that just as you share in sufferings, you will also share in God's comfort. And for many of us, we are in a season of sufferings. For some of you, it's health. Maybe you have some of the symptoms, maybe you are suffering with other health uh, issues. Maybe you're suffering because you've lost your job. Maybe you're suffering from isolation. Many are suffering and having spoken to many of you during the week, I know this is a, a time of, of, of trouble for many of us. 
But can I just encourage you to say, as Paul says, that we will also share in God's comfort. And that is my prayer for each one of us. But what I want to do this morning, as we do pass through this, is uh, equip us on how we can weather the storm. You see, the thing is, God has something to say about storms. Uh, in fact, if you, if you remember the, the parable that Jesus told of the wise and the foolish builder, that was all about the storm, wasn't it? You can find that story in Matthew 24. And essentially what happened was there were two builders, the wise one and the foolish one, and they both built houses. And the, the foolish one built his house on sand. And the wise man, he built his house on rock. Now, all seemed okay until the storm came. And what happened? We know what happens. The house that was built on sand started to crumble. Now, the interesting thing about this story is that it wasn't until the storm came that the issue of the foundations revealed themselves. You can imagine the, the, the foolish builder was thinking, my, my house is impressive. It will stand the test of time. I have no issues with my foundations. And yet it was when the storm came that the issue of the foundations, as I said, were revealed. And that is the same with us when we go through storms. You see, the reality is, it is the same for me and for you, is that not all of our foundations are 100% on rock. Some of the things we were able to fully trust in God. Maybe you're able to trust God with your finances. Maybe you're able to trust God in your health. But there are certain things, those certain areas, maybe it be your family, that you find it difficult. They are those areas where your life is built on a bit of sand. And you see, in this season, what, is, what God is doing is allowing our foundations to be exposed. Why? In order, that, in order that we can reorientate ourselves and build stronger foundations on God. That is what God does in these seasons. That is why, as uh, the psalmist said in Psalm 23, at the very end of that psalm, when he got through the other end, he looked back and he said, surely goodness and mercy has followed me. In other words, when we get through the end of these storms, what we do is we look back and we say, you know what, God really did use that for good. Romans 8.28, he works all things for good who love him and are called according to his purpose. God is actively working in this season and we want to be able to partner with God and say, okay, Lord, what are you doing in me? How are you building me up? How are you conforming me to the likeness of your son? And so what I want to do is I want to pose you four questions on how you can assess your foundations. Four questions to ask yourself when you're going through a storm. And before we look at the scripture that we're going to use for that, why don't we pray together and then we can get into that. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you are here with each one of us. Even though we cannot be together physically in, in one building, Lord, we are your church and you are with each one of us now. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come that we would feel your presence, we would feel your peace, your joy, your comfort. Lord, that as we hear your word, I pray you would speak to each one of our hearts, knowing that your word will accomplish that which it has set forth to do. Would you bear fruit in each one of our lives, I pray, in your precious name. Amen. Okay, let's look at this. Four questions to ask yourself when you're going through a storm. And we're going to base this on Psalm 27. I was reading this during the week. And Psalm 27 was written by David when he was on the run from King Saul. Now, if you remember the story, David was anointed by Samuel to be the next king. And there was a time delay before he was. 
And King Saul was going after David. He wanted to kill him. He was jealous. He was angry. And David was hiding from him. And this is the point at which uh, many scholars believe that, that David wrote Psalm 27. Now, I'm not going to read all of this to you now. What I will do is reference it as I go along. But why don't you maybe hit the pause button and read it together. Read it now. And then we can go through it together. Okay, did you do that? Great. Maybe some of you went and made a cup of tea. Lovely. I hope you're enjoying that. So Psalm 27. What is the first question that we ask ourselves when we're going through a storm? As we assess the foundations that we have. It is this. Who are you trusting in? Now what does it mean to trust? It means that we rely on someone or somebody, something to provide something for us, whether that be stability or comfort. We put our trust, in the, and, tr and we do put our trust in many things. Let me ask you a question. Just think about this. Who, who do you trust? Who are you trusting in this time? Now, for many of us, as I've reflected on this, we trust in so many things, don't we? We trust in our career, maybe. Maybe you trust in your, in, in your job, your position, your influence that you have. That's where you put your trust in. Maybe for some of us, we put our ultimate trust in our bank balance. That is the thing that when we look at that, that gives us the stability and comfort that we need. Maybe it's your wife or your husband or your partner. Maybe it's family and friends. Now, here's the thing about, about that. None of those things are bad. <laughs> you know, we do need to trust others. That we, the problem is with them. And this is what happens in a storm, is that one or more things that we put our trust in show themselves to be a bit shaky. They show themselves in a storm to be wobbling. And maybe for you, uh, in your, if you put your trust in your job and your career, maybe you're seeing signs of wobbling. Maybe it's your bank balance and you're going through some financial difficulty. Maybe you've put your trust in the fact that you've always been healthy and if you look at all of my generation, my family line, we've always been healthy and yet you're starting to feel a bit weak. You see, when a storm comes, we find that with each of these things, they can be taken away from us. And so what do we do in a storm? We, we need to recognise that we put our trust in someone that never changes. Jesus. You see, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We can put our trust in Him. And it says in Psalm 27, in verse 1, what does David say? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my light. You know, I don't know about you, but it's very difficult to see a few days ahead. It feels like we're in a, a kind of a darkness. But you see, what the psalmist recognizes, what David recognizes here is that God is our light. He is a light unto our feet, as the scriptures say. He will direct our paths as we commit our ways unto him. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. And he says, the Lord is my stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You know, God has got you in his hands. He is protecting you in this time. And so here is the thing. We need to recognize that in a storm, and indeed all throughout our life, we need to put our ultimate trust in someone that never changes. That is God, because what happens when you do, here's the thing, is that you feel a peace. You feel a comfort. It's not that the circumstances around you all of a sudden change. There's a great story of Jesus in the New Testament. He's with his disciples, and he's in the boat, and a storm comes up. 
And yet Jesus was able to sleep in the boat. You see, that's the kind of peace that comes when you trust in God. And it doesn't mean that we won't go through the valley. But it means that we can do so, having a peace that we can trust in God. You know, we've as a church been trusting God for many things. Um, as you can appreciate, in this time, feed is very busy. We uh, continue to provide for our feed guests and for those that are in need. And, you know, only last week, someone just came off the street and wrote a cheque for £5,000 for feed that we can give food to people. And I've heard so many wonderful stories of, of people who have been trusting God for healing and where there's been healing. And so I want to encourage you in this season to trust in him. Join the psalmist and say, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You know, he said in Psalm 25, in you, Lord, my God, I put my trust. And for some of us, we need to make a choice and declare that over ourselves and our family and say, as for me and my house, we're going to trust in God in this time. And so that's the first one. Who are you trusting? And the second question as you uh, assess your foundations is this. Who are you seeking? You see, in Psalm 27, David says this, verse 4 and 5, One thing I ask of the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe, in his dwelling, he will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. You see, in a storm, we always seek something out. Where we trust in someone or something else to give us something, seeking is where we actively pursue something that we can procure for ourselves, whether that be comfort or stability. And in a storm, we seek many things. It might be comfort in alcohol, it might be comfort in things that we watch. It could be a range of things. It could be food. It could be many things. And once again, all of those things in themselves are not bad. But the thing, the issue is, is when they magnify to become the very thing that you seek. And that is when they become dangerous. But you see, David knew that in that moment where the enemy was encamping around him, and it can feel a bit like, like, like that now, can't it? That in that place, the one thing he should be seeking was the presence of God. One thing I desire, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. What does that mean? It means to be in the presence of God. And you know, we are New Testament believers. We know the Holy Spirit is in us. We are the temple. And you know, we can be in his presence. That is the one, number one thing that we should be seeking now is his presence. Why? Because it's in his presence that we feel his peace. In his presence that we feel his comfort. It is in his presence that we are protected from the lies of the enemy. You see, when you surround yourself with God and God's word and his truth, it protects you from fear. It protects you from confusion. And so I want to encourage you to say with David, one thing that I will seek in this time is God. You know, in this time, God is resetting many things. And accelerating other things. He is resetting what it means to be family. He's resetting what it means to be community. And he is resetting what it means to trust in him and to seek him no matter the circumstances. And let me encourage you that when you see God, he works in you and through you. 
That's what silence and solitude was, as we discussed in spiritual discipline, that as we seek him in that place, just by seeking him and putting time aside, we find that he fills us up. So I'd encourage you to seek him, but not just for yourself, for others. You know, in 2 Chronicles 7.14, it says this, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin. And listen to this, and I will heal their land. You see, we seek God not just for ourselves, but for others. And if there were ever a time that we need to be praying for our nation and for this land, now is the time. And as I said at the start, you know, I'm deviating slightly from the encounter series. This week I was going to speak on intercessory prayer, in other words, praying for other people. And so we can seek God for others. I'd encourage you to seek God for others, to pray for other people, to intercede. Who has God laid on your heart? They said, listen, I want you to go and pray for so-and-so. Yes, you can't be there physically, but you can pray and God will move. Okay, what else can we learn from Psalm 27? The third question to ask yourself when you're going through a storm is this. Who are you learning from? Verse 11 says this. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path. So who are you listening to in this time? You know, there's so many voices. I don't know about you, I love those videos that are going around with... uh, people joking about this time, Um, very humorous, but there's also some really very uh, factual and instructional videos. Uh, I'm sure you've joined many people who have done exercise video things in the morning or someone's instructing you on how you can do origami 101 ways, all of that kind of stuff. People are instructing many people. There is a season where people are coming together in that way. But I want to ask you the question, who who is the loudest voice in your head? Who are you learning from on how you respond to this crisis? Is the number one voice the media? Is it the news telling you how you should respond? Now we've got to be wise and we need to listen to the advice that we receive. But are we learning from God as well? Are we saying with David, teach me your way, Lord. Here is David in a cave, no doubt, hiding from the enemy. Here we are in our homes. You join me in my lounge. And are we saying in this season, Lord, would you teach me your way? Teach me how to respond to others. Teach me how I should pray for others. Teach me, Lord, the decisions that I need to make. We have more time on our hands for many of us. Let us use it to get into his word. And say, Lord, would you teach me your ways? Why not read through Proverbs? An amazing book, full of God's wisdom. You know, it says in Proverbs 23, verses 33, get the facts at any price and hold on tightly to good sense. I love that. I love that. You see, this is a time that we need to get rooted into God. Let us listen to him and let us learn from him. So that's the question. Who are you learning from? And the last question to ask yourself when you're going through a storm is this, who are you waiting on? You know, verse 14, David says this, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. And wait for the Lord. I find that interesting. You know, David didn't say to his guys, listen, let's wait on our next supplies. 
Let us wait on news that we can come out of this cave. Now, I'm sure they were waiting for some of that stuff, but David chose to say, you know what, the number one thing I'm waiting on is I'm waiting for the Lord. And, you know, we are waiting, aren't we? We're waiting to have news when we can get out this lockdown. We're waiting on news that the virus is abating. And it will do, you know, it's a bell curve. It will go up like this and a pandemic will always go down quickly. Who knows when that is? And we are all waiting for those things. But are we also waiting for God in this time? Are we waiting for him to reveal himself to us? Are we waiting for him? And David is able to say, be strong and take heart. He could say, be strong and take heart, because he was waiting. Now, what does it mean to wait on God? Well, the Hebrew word wait here is not a passive wait. It's not, I'm going to wait on God. I'm going to go and find a bench somewhere, have a lie down and wait. It's actually, a, I'm going to actively, proactively wait with expectancy and prayer. Now, you know, what's interesting is the first time this word wait was used in the Bible is way back in Genesis 8, verse 10. Now, what was back in Genesis 8? Some of you might be turning there now. It is a story of Noah. You remember the story of Noah? Noah had a lockdown. They all had to get in the ark and the floods came. And Noah was waiting to get out of the ark. Just like we are waiting to come out of our front doors and, and, and go back to normal kind of life. And if you remember, back in Genesis 8, he sends out a dove. And I'm going to turn here, you're going to hear the rustling of pages. It says this, he waited seven more days, because prior to that he had sent out uh, another dove. And again sent out the dove from the ark. There you go. And it says in verse 11, When the dove returned to him in the evening, there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. Then Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth. You see, that was the first time that word waited was used. And you see, Noah was expectant that God was going to move. That he would see that olive branch of peace. And I want to encourage you and say that you can wait on God and do so expectantly. And you see, when we orientate ourselves to wait on God, we pray. When we orientate ourselves to wait on God, we worship him. You know, it says in the scriptures that he inhabits the praises of his people. Let us be a people of praise. Let us wait on him. And so there you go. There are the four questions to ask yourself when you're going through a storm. Who are you trusting in? Who are you seeking? Who are you learning from? And who are you waiting on? You know, we should embrace this season and say, Lord, what are you doing in me in this time? Because God is always working. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. He uses these times to build us up. And I said at the start of the year that this was a year of encounter. Well, I, I, I did not foresee that this would be the way in which, one of the ways in which we would do so. But we are encountering God in this time. You see, Jesus is inviting you to spend time with you. And for many of us, by his grace, he is allowing the storm in order to reveal some of our false, false foundations. That is part of his work of his finishing and perfecting our faith. And so ask those four questions. Who are you trusting in? Who are you seeking? Who are you learning from? And who are you waiting on? You know, the prayer team, as I said, are available to pray with you right now. If any of these things have come up, um, 
you need prayer for? Then why not scroll down and click on the button and fill in the form and someone will be praying with you. But I'd encourage you to read through this psalm and pray through it because God has got amazing things for you. He's going to use this time for his glory and for your good. And with that, let me just pray and then we can end. Lord, I want to thank you that your word brings life, that your word is truth. I pray for each one of us who have heard this message that it would bear fruit. Lord, I pray that we would be a people that has strong foundations on you, that we can navigate through this storm and come out the other side, not the same as when we entered, but stronger and rooted and firm in you. I pray for each one of us, Lord, that you would bless us this week, that your face would shine upon us, that you would be gracious towards each one of us, that we would know your perfect peace, we would know your protection, and that we would know your provision and your comfort, I ask. In the precious name of our Lord and Saviour. Amen. May the Lord bless you all. I look forward to seeing you during the week where I'll be um, delivering another short midweek message for you all, a word of encouragement. And uh, may the Lord bless you.